0: Good evening, everybody. It is 5 p.m. and you're listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM. Brought to you by CFRC's News Collective. Alexandra Fernandez, Dinah Jansen, Chancellor Miracle, Christina Laurie, Zayden Vergara, Erica Singh, and Mary McKetty. I'm Alexandra Fernandez, and here is your local news rundown. You're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM. I'm Alexandra Fernandez. Today in our studio with me I have Rhonda Candy, the Executive Director of Martha's Table, here to chat with us about Martha's Table, what the organization does, as well as some new projects that the organization is working on. So thank you so much for joining me in studio today, Rhonda. How are you doing? I'm great.
1: Thanks for having me here. I'm, I'm excited to share with the community what we're doing here at Martha's
0: Yes, and I'm very excited to hear more about it. Um, So for people who maybe don't know too much about Martha's Table, which I doubt that there are many people like that, but (laughs) what is Martha's Table? What sort of your mission and what sort of uh, resources and services do you provide for the Kingston community here?
1: Um, Martha's Table is a community meal program. So for anyone that finds themselves in need, um, they're welcome to come to Martha's and pick up a fully prepared meal. And uh, pre-pandemic and... Soon, we will have indoor service where people can relax in a warm or a cool setting, uh, an environment that is um, welcoming and safe, and uh, re- they can recharge and relax, make plans, make connections to other agencies. So it's it's a really a full community program.
0: Amazing. Thank you. Martha's Table has recently bought the property attached to where you currently reside as an organization which has opened up as an emergency warming center. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about starting this warming center um, especially uh, throughout the winter months now too? Mm -hmm.
1: You know it's been years in planning. Mm -hmm. We have um, pre-pandemic we were at capacity so we knew we needed to expand but Mm -hmm. we weren't sure how to do it. We have to you know be smart and strategic um, find the right location and you know, the right location was exactly where we were when the property became, uh, came on the market. Um, after much deliberation and planning, we decided to purchase it. So, so we now have the corner of Princess and Nelson. So we're very excited. People know where we are. And um, we've started the warming center, as you mentioned. Um, the property needs so much work and so many renovations, but we have it, and it's the middle of winter. There's no way we weren't going to open the doors so mm-hmm. people could come in, get out of the cold, and maybe enjoy just a coffee or a tea, and then on their way. We hope in the spring that we'll be able to do a lot more of our renovations and have a bigger space for people to enjoy,
0: yeah.
1: you know, with maybe small tables and chairs that they can sit at and Short term goals would be to have breakfast and lunch Mm -hmm. uh, indoors as an option and uh, longer term goals, maybe towards the end of the year, maybe uh, a sit down evening dinner as well. So three meals a day is something we did Mm pre-pandemic during the uh, shutdowns and all the um, changes everybody had to live with. We had one meal a day, so mm-hmm. so this is really exciting to us, and we know how important the social connection is, people having a place to go to meet with friends, to socialize,
0: yeah.
1: um, and that was lacking mm-hmm. since March of 2020, so we're returning to that, and uh, I know so many people that use Martha's Table are looking forward to it, mm-hmm. and it's, it's really, well exciting, but rewarding is part of the experience as well, that you know that you're working towards something that's going to have such a positive impact. Definitely. Yeah,
0: Yeah, for sure. That sounds amazing. Um, And what was the pandemic sort of like for Martha's Table? You know, definitely Mm -hmm. unfortunate to, yes, drop down to only the one meal a day. But, um, you know, there was a big increase in the amount of um, houseless people here in Kingston. You know, there's always been a housing crisis honestly anywhere in Canada Ontario at this point but yeah. um, Kingston's vacancy rate has dropped yet again um, so what sort of like did the pandemic highlight and not necessarily in a positive way um, but what did it sort of highlight in our community with the amount um, in regards to the amount of people accessing mm. places like Martha's Table or even like other places too around um, the city what was that like?
1: We always knew there were uh, there were challenges, but even for us at the front line, we were almost scrambling mm-hmm. to, to meet the demand. Um, as you mentioned, the number of people that are unhoused has unofficial reports. It's tripled wow. since the pandemic. And um, we also started delivering meals door-to-door to people that couldn't leave home. Oh, wow, so okay. that was another area of outreach as we, we recognize as a... a a dramatic need during the pandemic and and we'll continue it moving onward because we we've seen the impact that it's made so um the number of people that are struggling has increased and I mentioned social isolation mm-hmm. we've seen people spiraling in and not in a good way mm-hmm. um from lack of contact and lack of access to resources so I mean for a long time this is very basic but there weren't public bathrooms for people to access. So, Mm -hmm. so, you know, from, from the basic human needs all the way up to, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been quite a a dramatic change. The pandemic has, has brought to our city and to cities all around the country. So Mm -hmm. people are struggling and it's rough.
0: Yeah. Thank you for just being able to share that and uh, highlight that, make it something that we think about that we, take advantage of for sure Mm -hmm. um and what can people do um you know if they are privileged enough to be able to help support um Martha's Table or just like food banks warming centers shelters in general what can people do how can people help that's a great Mm
1: -hmm. question um community has been so supportive Kingstonians are awesome Mm -hmm. and um at Martha's Table we don't get government funding so we rely completely on the community and I know there's other agencies in a similar position so if you're able to share and you know you might say to yourself well I only have you know five dollars or a smaller amount every dollar helps and Mm -hmm. at Martha's we spend them with that in mind that every dollar is hard-earned and we respect that and we try to stretch it as far as possible Um, you can also volunteer your time so come in and offer um, you know three hours one day a week. And that's something that will benefit the entire community. You might be asked to help um, prepare food or help serve the food or help clean or make a, you know, take part in a project that's going on or maybe at a fundraising event. There's a lot of opportunity to take part and have an active role in in uh, helping people. So whether it's from funding to sharing your time, spreading the word, that's another um, way you can help that, cost nothing your time or your funding just tell friends hey did you hear about martha's table they've expanded or did you hear about st vincent de paul they're expanding um whatever the need might be just you can share that with your community whether it's through social media or in person um we never know what those connections will ripple out into
0: Mm -hmm. yeah sure thank you so much um and you know if people do want to get involved and volunteer and you know spend some time at martha's table volunteering how can they do that what sort of process is that um we've tried to keep it as
1: seamless as possible streamlined easy to get in um if you visit our website at marthastable.ca you can click on where it says uh, volunteer sign in and there's some forms for you to fill out some training videos to watch, and a couple uh, skill testing questions, um, just to ensure that you've read the documents. And then um, you can call in and talk to our lead coordinator and see what the schedule is, if it matches up with your available time, and you're good to go.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Um, Is there anything else that you'd like to add before we end off?
1: Um, I really appreciate that your agency is helping, as I mentioned, spread the word. And it's Always appreciated reaching out. Um, Communities need to work together. Mm -hmm. Um, My favorite phrase, maybe overused, is it takes a village. Mm -hmm. And this is part of how we get this done. So thank you to everyone here and to the community for their ongoing support. We've been doing this since 1997. So that's a lot of people helping other people. For sure. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much. And thank you also for all the amazing work that you and everyone involved at Martha's Table does for uh, Kingston. Thank you. That's it for your local news rundown, and now let's throw it over to Cindy Gibson of the Indie Wake Up Call on Thursday mornings to talk about our Artist of the Week.
2: Oh, hey, everyone. This is Cindy from the Indie Wake Up Call with this week's local Artist to Watch. And talking amongst volunteers and staff just hanging around uh, at CFRC Studios this week, a band that seems to be on a lot of people's minds here would be the Astros. All bands were sidelined by the pandemic. We can all agree on that. But this band in particular sits heavily with me on this particular point. They hit the scene about five months before the shutdown, just got getting started amidst a lot of local momentum. And the teenage band famously had a 15-year-old drummer. They were out there playing bars, even though they weren't old enough to be in them. It was all pretty exciting. And what I really like about this band is they reminded us that we need more all-ages venues in the Kingston area, and and that actually has come around since they got started, which we'll get to in a minute, but I like that they've taken the most that they could out of collaborating through the pandemic and to make something of a band that was once a bunch of high school students in Kingston, and then some of the members have gone off to other cities to go to school, and they've still managed to stay together. And that's something that's very difficult for a lot of high school bands. It usually ends there. Well, this band has managed to put out their second album this past November, and it created a whole new energy behind the Astros. And in fact, they were the first band to play the newly opened, all-ages venue, The Broom Factory, late last summer. And the new album is called Sci-Fi Radio. A lot of you might already know about it. It's a really well-produced album, and it puts together what I think the band members have continued to learn about (laughs) their calling card, space rock, but also production and just trying new things as they learn more about music, uh, just collaborating and managing to still work together even if they're in different cities. So I I like that perseverance and I'm I'm loving the synth layering on this album in particular. And honestly, uh, their jumpsuit drip is also something I love. So Tim, Andy, Ben and Benji, we are excited to see what 2003 is going to be for you. Their shows are unpredictable. And on the local scene, like I said, they have a dedicated uh, dedicated fan base that continues to grow. And I'm just so excited to see what they come up with next, and stick around next week for another local artist to watch.
3: Hello, and welcome to Campus Corner. My name is Erica Singh, and today I'm joined in studio by Paul Murphy, who's here to talk to you about your taxes. Hi, Paul. Do you just mind introducing yourself for everyone?
4: Sure. My name is Paul Murphy. I'm a senior communications advisor with the Canada Revenue Agency's Ontario region.
3: Great. So, Paul, do you just mind telling me the steps a student should take while filing their first return?
4: Great question. What you should do is I mean, you have to get together all of your information slips. If you uh, had any part-time jobs, uh, make sure you get a T4 from your employer. Make sure you get the uh, tuition uh, receipt from your uh, education s- institution, from your school, so you can claim your tuition, tuition credits on your tax return. And there's a lot of resources that you can uh, take advantage of to figure out what needs to be done to file a return. I would recommend, first of all, going to the Canada Revenue Agency's website, which is uh, canada.ca slash taxes, and start from the uh, page there, the splash page, to figure out what needs to be uh, done for you to file a return. Uh, And one thing I would point out to you, once you're on that page, you can search for an online course called Learning About Taxes. Uh, You can just type that uh, phrase, Learning About Taxes, into the uh, search engine, and it will bring you to a course that is several modules that... uh, walks you through the entire process of filing your tax return uh, for the first time.
3: Perfect. And you mentioned the T4 slip and Mm -hmm. a tuition slip. What other documents are needed for students to file their taxes? Uh,
4: Depending on your level of income, if you have uh, credits and deductions to claim, uh, for example, if you have children, you have childcare expenses, you'll need receipts from the uh, babysitters, from the uh, childcare providers. Uh, if you have medical expenses that you've paid out of pocket that's not covered by insurance and you want to claim those on your return, make sure you get uh, the res- all the receipts together for that. Uh, if you've uh, if you've given money to charity that you want to claim on your return, then make sure you've got your charitable donation receipts. Those are some of the major uh, topics. That, I mean, there's, there's more to the story than that, but those are the ones that you should have put together when you're ready to file your return.
5: Ah, uh-huh.
3: and what are some expenses that students can claim?
4: Generally, it's the tuition credit is what uh, you can claim on your return. Uh, your, your textbook amount, that's that's covered by the tuition credit. I know it's not dollar for dollar, but really it's just the tuition that you're allowed to claim. As well, you may also be able to claim a student loan interest. Uh, that if you've taken out a stu- student loan uh, to, to go to school, uh, you can claim the interest that you paid on that.
3: Oh, that's interesting. Well, in your professional experience, what would you say is the most important thing to know while filing your taxes?
4: Yeah, it's important to file even if you don't uh, have any taxes to pay because, uh, you know, it's often the the thought is, well, I don't have to pay because I don't have uh, any income to report or a lot of income, so I don't have to file. But really, if you don't file, there's a whole range of credits uh, and benefits that are available through the tax filing system. So, for example, there's a quarterly GST, HST credit. There's a monthly Ontario Trillium benefit uh, that you can uh, claim. If you've got uh, rental expenses, then you can get a credit back for that. Uh, there's the uh, Canada Child Benefit if you have children. And then there's now the Quarterly Climate Action Incentive, which is you know what a lot of people call the carbon tax rebate. Uh, every Ontarian is entitled to receive that. Uh, so if you don't file a tax return, you're, you're missing out uh, on all of these uh, credits and benefits
3: that's great to know well a lot of university students when they come here they're freshly 18 they've never filed their own taxes before do you think it's better to file individually or file with your parents
4: it's really up to them how comfortable they feel with the uh, tax system I mean we want to promote uh, people uh, taking uh, you know res- responsibility and, and getting the autonomy of their own uh, self uh, interest to get a return filed by themselves I mean but a lot of it, uh, Young people will, you know, go through their parents and through their parents' tax preparers. That's fine. That's that's something that, uh, if if you're really not comfortable doing it yourself, then that's fine.
3: Mm-hmm. And of course, making a mistake is always very scary on your taxes. <laughs> what should someone right. do if they do make a mistake?
4: Yeah, what you should do, like once your return's been filed and, and assessed, if you go back and you find that there's something that you made a mistake on, or if you get your notice of assessment in the mail and it's it's off of what you were expecting, uh, you can always request an adjustment uh, to your return. And the easiest way to do that is to go online and sign up for the Canada Revenue Agency's My Account service. Uh, you'll get a, uh, your credentials, you'll be able to log in, and it's an easy step-by-step way to uh, request an adjustment to your return uh, through the online service.
3: Aha. Uh-huh. And what are some government resources and programs that people can take advantage of?
4: Sure. Like I said, uh, you start with our website, uh, Canada.ca slash taxes. Uh, if you want to file electronically, there's a whole list of certified tax software available and also web based based, uh, -based, browser-based tax services. Uh, A lot of those services are questionnaire formats. So they're very user-friendly. But if you really uh, don't uh, feel comfortable doing that, you can always take advantage of what we have uh, through our community volunteer service. So there are free income tax clinics set up throughout uh, Ontario, where you can go in person or set up a virtual meeting or drop off your documents, depending on how they uh, or do their 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 job for you, and they will do your tax return for free. So long that you have, so long as you have a, a modest income and a simple tax situation, uh, these clinics are there to help you.
3: Right, that's very useful. Well, you've mentioned a lot of resources today. Do you just mind summarizing what you think are the three most important ones?
4: Yeah, I mean the first resource is the website. I think that's. Uh, what a lot of uh, students will be most comfortable looking at canada.ca/taxes slash there's our telephone uh, service again that's 1-800-959-8281 and uh, at, at the end of the day if if you if you really want to uh, get your return done and without a lot of, uh, of difficulty you can always uh, take advantage of a of a professional tax preparer in your in your uh, in your area
1: mm-hmm.
3: And just off the top of your head, what are some important dates that we should keep in mind?
4: Yeah, the the most important date right now is if you have taxes to pay, you need to file by May the 1st.
6: Community update. Uh, April
4: the 30th is usually the deadline, but that's a Sunday this year. So May the 1st is the deadline. If you miss that deadline and you have a tax balance, then you are subject to a late filing penalty of 5% right off the top. So you want to avoid that. Make sure you get your tax return in by that date. That's That's the main deadline also want to mention the like the climate action incentive payment that's due out in April uh, April 2022 or 2023. Uh, you have to file your return with us by early March to, to make that uh, payment get that payment on time. I mean if you file later than that we will still pay you the uh, April climate action incentive, but it'll come out later on.
3: Mm-hmm. And do you just have any final comments, final remarks?
4: Yeah, I encourage everybody uh, to file electronically. Uh, 92% of uh, Canadians filed electronically uh, last year. So, I mean, we still offer paper tax returns, but most people these days uh, file electronically. Uh, Make sure you get your return into us as early as you can so that uh, if you're entitled to the benefits and credits, that they're not interrupted, that you get them on time. Uh, Those are the main points that I want to emphasize today.
3: It sounds great. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today.
4: Yeah, thanks a lot, Erica. Of
3: course. Once again, that was Paul Murphy with the Canada Revenue Agency. For the full interview, check out the Today in Rygk podcast on Apple Music and Spotify. Thank you so much for listening to Campus Corner today and now over to sports.
6: Good evening, everyone. My name is Zayden Vergara and it's time for your CFRC sports update. Queen's Women's Basketball Head Coach Claire Meadows was named OUA Women's Basketball Coach of the Year after guiding the Gales to their program best regular season record in just her second year as head coach at Queens. The former Gales player Meadows also led the team to their first ever Nationals medal last season, claiming the bronze medal at the U Sports Final 8 Women's Basketball Championship. Meadow spent five seasons with the Gales as a player, completing a Bachelor of Physical Education and a Bachelor of Education degrees. As a member of Queen's, she was an OUA East First Team All-Star, CIS All-Canadian nominee, and University Award of Merit recipient. She finished her career as the Gales' second all-time leading scorer. Queens men's basketball head coach Steph Barry was named OUA men's basketball coach of the year of the 2022-2023 season. Barry guided the Gales to their best regular season record in more than 50 years this season with Queens finishing 17-5 tied for second best record in the conference. The Gales finished the regular season third in offense averaging 86.8 points per game behind only Western and Windsor. Queens was fourth in the conference in defending, giving up just 73.7 points per game on the other side of the court. Prior to this year, Barry led the Gales to their most successful season in program history, last year advancing to the OUA Wilson Cup and the U Sports Men's Final 8 Basketball Championship for the first time ever, where they finished fourth. Queens Women's Volleyball has advanced to the OUA Quigley Cup Championship, defeating the Waterloo Warriors in straight sets 3-0. Saturday night in Waterloo, Ontario. With the huge win, the Gales will play in the Quigley Cup Championship on Saturday, March 11th against the Brock Badgers. But on that note, that's all for your CFRC Sports coverage. Now over to...
7: Thank you, Zayden. My name is Chancellor. And now on to the Kingston Community Update here on CFRC. Consistently inconsistent, a life Retrospective will be presented by friends of the late painter and visual artist Henny Marsh from March 11th to the 30th at the Window Art Gallery at 647A Princess Street. The exhibition brings together works from Henny Marsh's varied and long career in the visual arts and will feature some 55 works in photography, watercolor, oil, acrylic, pastel, and multimedia created during Miss Marsh's impeccably, consistently inconsistent life in the world of art. Half of the proceeds of the show will be donated to Window Art Gallery, Kingston School of Art. Born in Holland... Henny came to Canada at three with her parents and brother. She grew up delightedly roaming the streets of downtown Kingston, already gathering inspiration. Her early interest in art led to classes at the Agnes Etherington Art Museum. After she began her career as a teacher, she added an art specialist certificate prior to completing her master's in color theory. Henny's early focus on color photography eventually shifted to watercolor, oil, and acrylic painting. Her work would be found in local exhibitions and sales, both on her own and with others. Henny worked and studied with members of the Kingston Arts Council, Modern Fuel Gallery, KSOA, and the Tet Center to tirelessly promote the cause of art in Kingston. Shortly before her untimely death, she was active in several local galleries and art collectives, including the Breakwater Gallery in Cape Vincent, New York, and the TBA Arts Collective here in Kingston. Her work was shown posthumously in 2021 as part of the Masked Bandits Arts Collective Unmasked Show, which she co-founded. The Window Art Gallery is open Tuesday to Friday from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. and Saturday and Sunday from noon to 4. They are closed on Mondays. Visit www.ksoa.com for more information. A Storm Before the Groove, a Jana Galliani exhibition, will take place between March 14th and May 20th at the Union Gallery here on Queens Campus. Galeini's solo exhibition, A Storm Before the Groove, is an immersive installation that brings together large-scale woven tapestries and an audio installation produced by Patrick Perez. The work is an exploration on the relationship between the pace of our internal world and our measurement of external factors while approaching time. Spontaneous shifts in color and material throughout Galayini's woven tapestries represent an active engagement with the present moment. ...of making and a willingness to remain open as the work unfolds. Perez's audio features captured sounds of Galliani's floor loom at work, altered to take on a life of their own as tracks inspired by the tapestry's visualizations. That will be taking place at the Union Gallery at Stoffer Library March 14th through to May 20th, 2023. There will also be a workshop on March 11th from noon to 2pm, as well as a preview on March 11th at 6 p.m. Starting Monday, March 13th, Kingston Frontenac Public Library's March Break Programming, Wonderful Water, will feature over 15 unique programs from art to puppet shows. Most activities require registration because of high demand and limited space. People can register online at calendar.kfpl.ca or by telephone at any branch starting Saturday, March 4th at 9 a.m. Brian Peters, librarian and children services provider, says coming to library programs over the break not only provides fun and engaging activities for children, but also encourages a love of learning and exploration for all ages. With the wonderful water theme, children will be, have the opportunity to discover the importance of water in our world through hands-on experiences and imaginative play. Plus, it's all completely free. And there is a mix of virtual, in-person, and take-home activities, making wonderful water accessible for families. If you would like to see the full listing of the special events, as well as the ability to register, please visit calendar.kfpl.ca. That's calendar.kfpl.ca. I'm Chancellor Miracle, and this has been your Kingston Community Update. And now over to Mary with the weather.
5: Thanks so much. I'm Mary McKetty and this is your CFRC weather report. Our Monday evening will be clear with winds going up to 15 kilometers per hour. We will reach a low of minus 7 with a wind chill of minus 12 overnight. Tuesday morning we can expect a mix of sun and cloud and we will reach a high of plus 2 by the afternoon. Tuesday evening will be cloudy with a 40% chance of flurries and we will reach a low of minus 5 overnight. Now over to Alex with our traffic report.
0: Thank you so much. I'm Alexandra Fernandez, and here is your weekly traffic report brought to you by the City of Kingston. Jackson Mills Road from MacGyver to Burbrook will be closed until this Friday, March 10th. King Street from Place Arms to the Tragically Hip Way will be closed on Wednesday, March 8th from 12.01am to 11.59pm for the Blippi event at the Leon Centre. Lower Brewer Swingbridge will be closed until further notice, University Avenue from Union to Earl will be closed until April 31st, and Wright Crescent from the south intersection of Palace to 16 Palace will be closed until October 31st, 2023. The School Streets Initiative is still in place. The following streets are closed from 8.40am to 9.10am and 3.20pm to 3.50pm on weekdays until June 29th. Macdonnell Street from Earl to Hill and Sydenham Street from Ordnance to Colburn. The Play Street Initiative is also in place. Thomas Street from Cowdy to Patrick will be closed from 3.30pm to 5.30pm on Mondays until August 28th. The Chow Memorial Parking Structure Restoration Project is expected to get underway in the coming weeks. The work will take place throughout all the levels of the building and will include different efforts. The work is expected to begin early this month and conclude in late December. This means that phased work areas will occupy a maximum of 25% of the available parking stalls at a time, meaning up to 115 spaces will be out of commission in the Chow Memorial Parking Structure. There is parking availability at the Hanson Memorial and Robert Bruce Memorial Parking Garage in the two adjacent blocks to the east. Other delays that you can expect this week, Highway 33 east of Collins Creek Bridge to west of Coronation Boulevard, you can expect delays. Construction barrels and flag people will direct traffic around the work zone. And in terms of the Portsmouth Waterfront Pathway to accommodate pathway and shoreline improvements, the city has closed access to the pathway at the foot of Mowat Avenue and Young Street as well as east of Lake Watch Lane. That's your weekly traffic report. And now let's throw it over to
5: Mary McKetty with our events calendar for the week. Thank you so much. I'm Mary McKetty, and this is your events calendar for the week. This Wednesday, various women's organizations at Queen's University will be hosting a networking and information session at the Biosciences Complex, located at 116 Berry Street. This session will include speeches, an interactive art activity, and casual style refreshments to celebrate the hashtag embrace theme of International Women's Day 2023. Make sure to register for free online at eventbrite.ca, and that's E-V-E-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E dot C-A. From Thursday to Saturday, the Vogue Charity Fashion Show is hosting its 26th annual student-run fashion show in association with Pathways to Education Kingston. This year's theme is titled Saw You in a Dream, which explores how the act of escapism brings out our most creative self through various artistic displays. This event can be viewed in person at the Kingston Grand Theatre, located at 218 Princess Street, or online by securing tickets at kingstongrand.ca slash events. Speaking of artistic displays, this Friday, your very own CFRC radio station will be hosting our Rocking the Cosmos live music event at the Grad Club, located at 162 Barry Street. We've got you covered with rock and alternative goodness from the Astros, the No Fly, and the Winter in Canada. Tickets are $10 to $15 and are only available at the door, so make sure to arrive by 8pm in order to get yours. Coming up on Saturday, the Kingston Pump House, located at 23 Ontario Street, is hosting its 19-plus Beer and Bacteria event. This event overviews the history of alcohol consumption and significance of breweries in Kingston through a series of interactive activities, such as a curator Q&A period and two complimentary drink tickets from local breweries. This event takes place from 7 to 10 p.m., with $25 tickets available online at kingstonpumphouse.ca. This Sunday, Queen's Motion Ball, in association with Asante Wealth Management, will be hosting its Marathon of Sport at the Queen's Athletics and Recreation Center, located at 284 Earl Street. Motion Ball is a nonprofit organization that raises awareness for end funds for the Special Olympics through events such as the Marathon of Sport. The marathon will take place across 18 cities nationwide, and you can get involved by checking out the Queen's Motion Ball Instagram page, found with handle at queensumotionball, with no capitals, spaces, or punctuation in the username. I'm Mary McKetty, and those are all the events we're highlighting for the week. Thank you so much for tuning in to CFRC's news programming. If you ever have a news story or tip to share, please reach out to news at cfrc.ca. Stay tuned for more programming coming up next.